And we're back. Oh, yeah. After, did we work out three weeks? It was about roughly three weeks. But by the time this airs, it would have been four weeks since the last episode. Yeah. So we were gone for a whole month. Indeed. But the problem is, do even people know who we are anymore? Because I haven't introduced who we are, Dan. No. They're they're just clueless. I mean, it's not like they can look at the actual podcast information. 20 episodes that we've done. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, welcome back to That Damn Film Show, starring Phil. And Dan. No, it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll just leave. <laughs> yeah, get it's just that Phil film show. <laughs> <laughs> Catchy. I like it. Uh, so we are back with a new season. With a brand new, new track. Season. And a brand new frack. <laughs> I'm going to say it is. But yes, we have a new theme. And Dan, what is our theme? Well, it's a new in. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's on the run. <laughs> so yes, after our original festive season, and then our time travel antics of season two, now we're on the run. Wait, does that mean we'll go watch Benny Hill at some point? Because there's running at the end of it. Yeah, and probably Sadiq B. Chicken Caesar. <clears throat> I mean, isn't that what the whole season would be about if we watch that? <laughs> so yes. We're back, season three, episode one, which I think is like episode 21? 23, maybe. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wait, how many? We did 11 the first yeah. season, 11 the second, so yeah, this so would be 23. Yeah. 23 whole episodes. What a what a revelation it's been. I think we've been on a journey. We've grown. We've matured. We've immatured. We've, we've done everything. We've been elves. We've been diehard. We've been in tenant. We're in ten. I'm per- tenet. Why do I call it tenant every time? It's, I, weird. it's just natural, isn't it? Because yeah. tenet. Tenet is an unusual word. Yeah. Because it is a real word, but it's not something you use in everyday life. No, but neither, neither is tenant. I guess it's David mm. Tenant. True. But he's not here, Dan. No. You know what is here? Our film this week, which is... Midnight Special. Oh, Shall I uh, explain what it's about? You should, right after I remember, to do the socials. Oh, shiznay. Because we have facebook.com forward slash that damn film show and twitter.com forward slash damn film show. And no, we don't have Instagram yet because I still can't bother to set the fucking thing up. <laughs> I feel like we should have like Zorro slashes when you say slash. What? <laughs> what? Zorro. <laughs> yeah, like, or put some boots depending on... Your preference. I mean, it's the same person. Same person. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, midnight, midnight special. special. Ooh, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird because I heard it in my headset from you and me, and then me in real life, and then you in real life. Got some of that sweet, sweet reverb. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Midnight special. <laughs> now, uh, just to clarify, because the title is a bit confusing. This isn't a porno. It would be a great name for a porno. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was lots of action, just none of a sexual sexual oh, kind. There is a cat going for... Oh, no, he's not there. He started licking it. Yeah. He'll lick it. Blink, Blink is back for season three. Of oh, yeah. You know. Leading the charge. Exactly. So, Midnight Special, <laughs> not a porno. Imagine an on-the-run porno. That'd be interesting. I mean, it's bound to be one. <laughs> I mean, if they ever make a porno of this film, their title's already sorted. Exactly. The Midnight Specialer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is an on-the-run film, obviously, but it's also a hybrid of a film. 
I'll give a brief synopsis because I, I don't want to give too much away about it if you haven't seen it. But it, it opens with uh, we're shown a news footage. We can hear some news footage and then you see news footage and it's a news headline about a boy that's been kidnapped by two men. Mm-hmm. And then it shows those two men and the kid. Then as the story starts to progress, um, you realize there's something quite strange about this kid. Um, he's basically got special powers of some sort, mm. uh, but it's not very clear what it is. They've kidnapped him from this ranch. It's called the ranch, which is, which is essentially kind of, it's like an evangelical community. Mm. Um, and so that's where they've taken the kid from. But it's not as clear cut <coughs> as a, it's not a straightforward abduction. That's no. no, a things going on behind the scenes there is indeed the fbi get involved and uh yeah that's that's the setup Mm. um so from that description you would think it's it it is an on-the-run thriller Mm. but it is actually a hybrid genre because it's also sci-fi it's also got religious themes and i when we were watching it i had no idea what it was about and that it was on the run and that michael shannon was in it Mm. So I had no idea about the sci-fi element, which is quite cool. I think, if I remember correctly, they didn't advertise that much. No, uh, I, I, think, I kind of remember adverts yeah, for it, yeah. I think they advertised it as a straightforward on the run film, which is another kind of uh, string to its bow. Um, so you just have this this kid and he wears these goggles and it kind of looks like just the sort of thing that a kid will do because mm. he reads comics. So you think, oh, maybe he just wears these goggles. Maybe he's a nerd. <laughs> nerd! <laughs> uh, but there is a reason and the reason becomes apparent. I don't really want to say much more than that because it will spoil it and we can do that in the uh, the danger spoiler zone. Yeah. So, but that's the setup. I will, uh, I will point out one more thing. Dan's voice will sound a lot better now. Smooth. Got a lovely, lovely new mic. That's definitely, definitely overcompensating for something, but it does a good job of recording audio. I just want to say this. Nespresso. What else? <laughs> Cheese. Well, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> George Clooney should do those yes. adverts. Yes. For backstory, I came up with an advert for cheese because I made something with cheese and it was great. And I was like, cheese. Was it grated? It, it, it was great. Well, it was pre-grated because it, right. was, it was bought and it was grated already because I was lazy. But you, I thought you got that hat on that cat then. That would have oh, been, been amazing. No, he's, uh, uh, for clarity, he's trying to attack his own tail. Yes. Because somehow he doesn't compute that it's attached to his own bloody body. Exactly. He hasn't quite figured that one out, has he? No. <laughs> but anyway, back Listen. to my cheese story. <laughs> Jesus. I, I came came in to see Dan and I was like, Dan, this came up with an advert for cheese. Cheese. What more do you want? And you know what? That doesn't sell cheese. Nothing though. No. Just do that with Morgan Freeman. Jeez. I can't do a Morgan Freeman. Can you know Morgan Freeman? When I first laid eyes on Andy <laughs> Dufresne. That's pretty good. It's not, it's not great. <laughs> it's, the, it's the accent that got me. <laughs> uh, but you could just do that advert, but with with any actor, just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nah, cheese. I mean, be what quite more do you want? Yeah, they've got an endless supply. Yeah. Of cheese. No, of actors. Cheesy actors. It's got to be cheesy actors. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. It's true. So who would be a cheesy actor? Anyway, that was my cheese story. That was a great cheese story. Was, I think we should, just, we should just go into dairy-related podcast area, I think. I feel like I should make an advert of cheese. 
Yeah. I might do that. I'll help. Right. I'll be the cheese. <laughs> Just your head on a plate. <laughs> but yellow. Oh, like God. The Simpsons character. But would it have little holes in it so that it's like Swiss cheese? I can be Swiss. I'm oh. very versatile. Uh, you, you do have the acting talent. Exactly. I mean, Beautiful. people <laughs> listening probably thought for a minute that Morgan Freeman had just appeared. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was here at one point as well. Yeah, exactly. It's just, we get all the stars. To remember, cheese. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Midnight Special. Back to Midnight Special. Let's uh, hear what you thought, because I've seen it before. I enjoyed it, and... It's weird because I I did enjoy it and it was like it's definitely an interesting take on a on the run film. Um, there was quite a few moments where I felt not much was happening, mm. so the slow pace perhaps got a bit too slow. Okay, but at, it's weird because I I almost feel like I watched the middle of a film, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in a bad way. Like you know how it's you said it starts with you seen the news report. So you don't really know why this kid's been taken away. Uh, well, this kid's been kidnapped. You don't really know the full story, which is kind of the point. You're not meant to. So it feels like you're starting in the middle and you're ending just before the end, mm-hmm. which is in some ways kind of like, ah, oh, but what happens next? But that's kind of the point is that it's ambiguous. You make up your own story. Um, so, yes, I enjoyed it, but I still feel like I'm about to watch a sequel. Like yeah. I, I keep expecting there to be another part, but there isn't. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, for context, uh, Jeff Nichols wrote and directed it, and he's done, I think, four other films, and I've seen two of them. And the other ones I've seen are Take Shelter, which is Michael Sh- Michael Shannon, for context, is one of the kidnappers. He's Roy. And he's also in Jeff Nichols' other film, Take Shelter, which also has an um, ambiguous ending. Mm. And then he did Mud with Matthew Matthew McConaughey, (laughs) uh, Reese Witherspoon. And again, that's a bit more clear-cut, but there's still some ambiguity to it. So it is definitely his style. Um, I personally Mm. really like it, but it's, it's strange because the first time I watched it, I was of the same opinion. When I got to the end point, I thought, oh, it would have been nice to know a bit more about what the mystery they were building up to. Mm. The second time round, I actually enjoyed it more. This is your second watch. This is my second watch. And I think I enjoyed it more not knowing. Yeah, sometimes like when you watch something with the expectation of what you're going to get, you end up disappointed. Mm -hmm. And not to say I was disappointed, but yeah, I was like, where is the next part? Whereas I suppose if you watch it the second time, you you know what's coming, so you're not disappointed. So... It's very off topic, but there's a game called No More Heroes 2 that when I played it, when it originally came out, I was super disappointed. And I was like, God, that game sucked. Mm. When I replayed it recently, I was like, I know what's coming. And I ended up loving it more than the original game. So I was like, oh, all right then. (laughs) (laughs) It's also um, to do a random name drop, but our mates uh, over at Millennicast. Oh, yes. uh, they They did a podcast on The Thing recently. They did. And they also discussed how... They don't talk about the film. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. There's that. Um, yeah, just just to add, they uh, recommended us if you actually want to listen to reviews about mm. films, which is very nice of them. I will counter counteract it with saying that 
I personally really enjoy their podcast that they go off on massive tangents. Yes, so do I. And the fact that they start talking. About, well, well, there's there's a uniqueness to it in the fact that, say, when they're doing their podcast about the thing, mm. they're talking about other things like the prequel, exactly, and how that was originally practical and <clears> stuff that I didn't know. Whereas I know a lot about the thing, so it, I actually learned more. <laughs> you know about a lot about what thing. The thing. What thing? <laughs> Jeez, what well, else? Or <laughs> <laughs> more do you want? Yeah, yeah. But I haven't. I hadn't seen the thing before I listened to that podcast. Yes. I was like, oh, should I listen? To it? I don't want to spoil it for myself. It <laughs> spoils literally nothing. I couldn't even from that podcast. I could barely tell you who's in it, <laughs> let alone what it's about. But, but that's what makes it funny. That's what makes it funny. It is very funny. So listen to that if you get exactly. a chance as well. But uh, if you keep up with the Facebook page, I have now seen the thing and. Uh, what a exquisite chef's kiss of a, of a film. It's delish. Mm. But the point I was making was that they talked about how that the prequel was all right, but again, that the mystery, the mystery of the original film of where it came from. The word what... mystery just makes me think of Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm picturing the thing, but with Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scooby thing, <laughs> doobie thing, thingy do. But Kurt Russell is played. By well, Kurt Russell is Scooby. Who's Shaggy? No, Kurt Russell would be Shaggy, and Scooby could be uh, is it Kevin? Kevin Smith, I think. No, no, not Kevin Smith. What was the actor's what, Keith name? Keith David. Keith David. Yes, yeah. I don't know why I was mixing those two names up. They're very different people. <laughs> very different. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine the thing with uh, Kevin Smith. That'd be interesting. But <laughs> actually, yeah, that would be funny. But Shaggy is Keith, uh, Kurt Russell, <laughs> and uh, Keith. Keith David, yeah, Keith David, not Kevin Smith, We're as Scooby, and all the other characters of the of the Scooby Doo characters. <laughs> I'd fucking watch that. That would be Roddy Mysterious. That would be Roddy sure. Mysterious. But you could just have the bit where like the thing is chasing them all, and they got all the doors they're going through. Oh god, that'd be amazing. Bits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so the the mystery Ooh. is is sort of ruined, and with other franchises as well, like Alien with. The, the prequels like Prometheus and stuff, sometimes not knowing is the fun yeah. of it. Um, and I think that's the feeling I got when watching it the second time that I quite liked not know, not every, Midnight Special, uh, not yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, everything not being tied up in a neat bow, uh, yeah. which was good. Kind of, because that's how that sort of thing would happen. Like, we'll go into it more in the spoilers, but the ending kind of like wraps up for one kind of wraps up for one character but mm. you don't really know what happens the other characters you have no idea what happens yeah because the thing is and i could probably explain it without giving it away but it's all centered around the kid alden mm. um who's played by Jaden martell who's really good actually yeah he was actually um it's all focused around him but i would say it feels more like it's from the perspective of roy which is um michael shannon's character right? michael shannon's yeah. character um and that's kind of why you don't get a complete uh the the mystery's not completely unearthed mm. because what happens at the end happens to Alden Alton. Yeah, which is, is Alton. Kid, yeah. yeah, which yeah. is the kid. And Roy's not actually there for that moment. So mm. yeah, because it's from his perspective. It's like yeah, you say, like real life, thing. you wouldn't you wouldn't see that conclusion as such. Yeah. Um but should we talk about actors? Seeing as yes. we, we've mentioned the Shannonator, every t every time I 
think of Michael Shannon, I just think of that scene in Man of Steel where he goes, I will find him. <laughs> I will find him. I kept expecting it to happen in this film. He's the complete opposite. He's very he subdued very, in this. Very quiet. Yeah, I think there is a few instances. Yeah, there is. He has a... So, for more context, uh, Joel Edgerton is the other leading man um, who plays Lucas, uh, Roy's mate. Mm. They're like childhood friends. <clears throat> Um, and there, there is an exchange where they both get very heated, but it's part of the film's style. It is like a um, a pot that is simmering, mm. waiting to boil over, and in it has little kind of moments where it does boil over. Yeah, and one of them, sh- Sh- Shannon goes full on Shannon, but you go But for the most of it, he's very kind of the strong, silent type. Uh, and he does what he does best was he's he does a lot of facial acting and it's what he doesn't say mm. kind of like ryan gosling in drive yeah but it's it's all about his physical acting i need to re-watch drive actually i haven't seen that oh, cracker just thought i hear they are uh, bringing out a new million dollar man film starring michael <laughs> i'd watch that i would watch it <laughs> The million dollar Michael. To be fair, if they made the million dollar man now, it would have to be like the trillion. Wait, isn't it the six? No, if they made the six million dollar man, because that's what the original is yeah. actually called, it would be the six trillion dollar man. Yeah. Because six million would be like, what? Get you a leg? And <laughs> Jeff Bezos would own it. Yeah, he probably would. And he wouldn't have to pay taxes. And Bill Gates would inject it with a vaccine that has a microchip, microchip in it. Microchip in it, yeah. Apparently, because that's stupid fucking theory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure Bill Gates really wants to know what you had for breakfast that morning. <laughs> it's like, hmm, maybe I'll get that into Windows 11. <laughs> I had porridge. You did. <laughs> Shit. Now, now he doesn't got he hasn't got that microchip in you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, let's start with Michael Shannon. Who? Uh, the six trillion dollar man. Yeah, I yeah. think you mean Michael Shannon. Let's start with the six trillion dollar man. Yeah, really good performance. <clears throat> he's uh, at first you're not sure whether to like him or not because mm. you're not you don't really know if he's actually kidnapped this kid or yeah not exactly first. so you don't know whether he's he's justified or you know it is a straight-up kidnapping yeah um so it's it's a bit of a tricky yeah it leaves you in a weird situation where you there isn't really anyone to root for at the start no because you don't really know enough about any of the cat <clears throat> any of the characters to know what's going on that's what i mean by it feels like you're starting in the middle of a film yeah um it drops you right in it and it's like they're already on the run so it is full-on on on the run film because most films there there gets to a point like logan where they're doing their own thing and then they're forced to go Mm. on the run then it really kicks off so but no he has a really good performance he has a really good chemistry with alton um because it's hard to talk about it with revealing it, but mm. Alton doesn't <coughs> act like he's been kidnapped, which makes no. you start to think: Has he really been kidnapped? Has he really been kidnapped? Um, and yeah. But one thing I did notice with Michael Shannon, because I've seen him in a few films, like he's in Knives Out, for example. Yeah. Um, but he's playing. With, interestingly, uh, the kid who plays Alton plays his son in that film because he's a bit older, so you wouldn't recognise mm. him as much. Interesting. So it's an interesting link. Um, so yeah, like the, the, the thing I saw him, I kind of know him most for is Man of Steel. Mm. It's weird seeing how like 
like toned and muscly as in Man of Steel, and this is quite like run down and skinny. It's quite weird to see because it's just what I'm used to seeing him in. And I'd seen Man of Steel like oh, two weeks ago as well. So yeah, and he's a very he's a very chameleon like actor mm. because he's he plays. He can play all sorts of characters. He's played some really good baddies, obviously Man of Steel, but he also plays a really nasty piece of work in Shape of Water. Oh yes, the Gwell Gwell the fish sex film. The that's fish, not the that's fish, not bad. The fish them. porno, got it. Yeah. <laughs> or Squ- the forno? <laughs> Squilmero. Squilmero. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's got he's definitely got range. Um but there's also something very kind of comfortably familiar about his style of acting mm. um, it's yeah. almost like is he like a stage performer or something because he very much has a he, he articulates and almost shouts to the back yeah i find in his acting which is not a bad thing it's just i get the feeling he was a stage play actor possibly and he's got <clears throat> presence because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue mm. but when he delivers it like you say it's quite impacting but even just him standing in a room He's because he he's physically tall as well and mm. quite odd looking. So yeah, there's 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 a lot going on that's mm. quite that draws you in. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot to uh, take from his performance because it's not just it's not just like only voice or only body acting. There's a mix of all of it. Like the lines of dialogue he does have are good and he he performs them well. Um, but yeah, overall very good. I haven't seen him in a film I don't like him in. To be fair. Yeah, like, I, a lot no, of neither people, have I. Yeah, like a lot of people, for for some reason, Man of Steel gets a bad rep, and I don't really know why because I think it's a good film. Um, and some people complain about his performance in it, and like he's over the top in it, and it's like he's playing fucking Zod. He's meant to be over top. <laughs> yeah, he does play over the top, but like <clears throat> you say, he's a comic book character, yeah. and um, I mean, there's quite a lot of other examples. You look at Iron Man and um, Jeff Bridges; mm. he's a lot more over the top than he yeah. is in other performances. He's Tony Stark built this in a cave. Exactly, he's got cigars. Yeah. He's all, he gets in a bloody mech suit at one That's point. Indeed. Yeah, man, he was. He shouldn't have killed him off. He was no. A good he character. was a good baddie. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry for the spoiler for one of the you know most well-known films ever made, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Two thousand and six, y'all. Yeah, well, move eight? on. Six or eight? Oh no, it might be eight. Yeah. Oh shit! I've spoiled, spoiled a thirteen-year-old film. Internet's gonna be able to get me now. Damn sucker! I mean, people already spoiled the episode four of Captain America and. No, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which aired three days ago, and is already spoiled on Facebook oh, everywhere. That's so, terrible. You know, yeah. I think I can spoil Iron Man one. Yeah, <laughs> I think you could. Um, Joe Edgerton, uh, Lucas, his, his friend, yeah. his friend. Yeah, yeah. So he's again quite a quiet character. Uh, he's he's got like quite a he's got quite a strong. <clears throat> willpower to him and his build kind of suits yes like he, he reminds me a bit of um a calmer version of hank from breaking bad in yeah. a sense like because he is a he's a cop as well isn't he yeah it doesn't really spoil anything yeah. he was a <clears throat> he is a county sheriff yeah and he they don't reveal that until a bit later on but you can see it kind of being that you mm. think either he's ex-military or he's ex-sheriff, because the way he moves, he's basically the one who's coming up with these ways to stay off the grid. Yeah. So there's a very clever bit where they, he has these night vision goggles and then he turns off the headlights. Mm. So they're off on these, 
even though they're quiet roads, they obviously want to be as unseen as possible. So he can still see. Um, and he's got a police uh, radio, so mm. he can monitor the police channels. Um, but even the way he moves around has got a very kind of regimented, uh, yeah, official way about it that makes you think even military or police. Although there is one bit where he, he's like, "What are you doing?" I like there's a bit where he steps out of a door and I'm oh, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that was a bit dumb, wasn't it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, he drops his drop, he drops, drops his, his guard, guard. and guard. and he hasn't up until that point. Um, there's also an interesting thing where there's a few bits in the film where he's actually i found more sensitive than roy mm. he actually gets quite emotional yeah he starts to worry about the kid a lot more than uh roy is yeah. mark shaman's character uh yeah he starts to worry about him more and so it's like, oh maybe we should take him to the hospital and stuff whereas he's like no no he'd be fine he'd be fine so like this guy is actually the more caring one if anything yeah mm. yeah and it's like underneath all this kind of kind of strong almost cold exterior he's actually bravado yeah the bravado that's the word he's he's actually quite sensitive mm. as a as a character which is which is a nice touch yeah they did a good job with him and uh he's he's a good um like michael shannon's character and who we'll talk about in a minute christian dunn's character are very much like they're along for the ride they're doing everything for that kid and obviously this guy is as well but he's a bit more grounded in reality as well mm-hmm. you know so i think he was a good pairing for the for the three main adult characters yeah definitely well there's technically four actually i was just remembering the other guy but yeah yeah he's, he's probably... separate from them yeah yeah th- this is the <clears throat> unit so they after kind of going to a few places stop stop offs and a few things happening mm. they end up uh meeting up with sarah who's played by kirsten dunce who's uh well, they don't actually say she's married to Roy, but they're definitely together. They're definitely a mm. couple. And one criticism that uh, sometimes Jeff Nichols gets is that his female characters aren't... Well, not that they're not well-developed, but that his films are always about boys and men, which, okay, maybe they are. And yeah, she's not <clears throat> as central to... Well, she's not in <clears throat> it as much up until that point. However, when she appears she then becomes quite integral yeah especially towards the end as well if anything she is she takes more center stage at the end Mm. because she's with alton um and she's got a kind of more it's strange she's more affectionate towards alton yeah roy's almost there's this idea of um jeff nichols had a kid whilst he was doing when he came up with this idea and you can see it because it's kind of those fears and concerns and anxiety mm. that um roy has about the kid whereas kirsten dunce seems more caring and she's yeah. doing she's doing the things without she's just kind of automatically doing it um so yeah it's an interesting interplay there yeah definitely uh, but she, she i always like <coughs> kirsten dunce yeah um, so do i she she's she's she gets kind of i think a lot of people just typecast her for mary jane but yeah. she's on so many more interesting films than that uh fargo season two yeah she's good in as yeah. well and um you know interview with the vampire she's really young but she's really good in that i haven't seen that actually yeah good film um but yeah uh she's she's she gives a really good performance as mm. well yeah i need to see more of her films because i haven't really seen her in much mm. but yeah 
what I have seen her in, she's good in. I mean, she was good in Spider-Man, but yeah, like you said, she kind of gets typecast for yeah, it. Exactly. She, it's the stereotypical damsel in distress character in Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And Whereas this, <clears throat> this is she's a very sensitive and caring character, but there's a there's a strength to her, mm. um, and she, she's kind of like a calming presence for Roy, mm. and it's kind of that reassuring, kind of, she's she's waiting for them when they arrive, and she looks after them, and she's always kind of, you know, there to she's kind of got this guiding hand. Mm. Um, and even though Roy's kind of leading the charge, she's there supporting him and, you know, mm. laying the groundwork for him. So Yeah, definitely. And uh, there was an interesting fact you had about her uh, performance in this as well. And you say she went, wore new, no makeup. Yeah, for no film. makeup, yeah. which is really cool. <clears throat> um, yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, I think worked better anyway. Because the problem is when you get... A lot of times in films like this, you'll get like the male characters who are on the run, who are like very run down, rough looking because they're on the run. And then you get a, a female character who comes in who, for some reason, they've given loads of makeup and like looks like really like nothing's happening. And it's like, well, it's like, uh, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the <clears throat> film Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I could yeah. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure when he turns up to see Kate Mara, she's a lot more done up than yeah. he is and he looks he's got like a bit of I mean, sha- um five o'clock shadow and stuff it's like milan the live action remake of milan we won't, go into, we won't go into many details <laughs> <clears throat> but there's the fact the way they use makeup on her in that film is actually embarrassing for yeah. how bad that is as a stereotype like the fact that at, when she's pretending to be a man she's like still quite clearly got quite a bit of makeup on but then when she she has a fight and then reveals that she's a woman, her makeup becomes perfect again. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And <laughs> like, it God, goes against film. the the whole <laughs> idea of the original animation. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not going to talk about we it. We won't talk we'll do it in another podcast. Yeah, we'll do it in our unnecessary <laughs> remix. Live action remix. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very specific show. Yeah. It would essentially be most of the Disney. Disney films. Re- yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of them are bad so far. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think they did a good job with her. And, and yeah, like you said, apparently, I haven't seen this guy's other films, but, uh, you know, he apparently doesn't do good female characters, but I thought she was good. Yeah, it's play. not so much that. It's just that there's a more of a focus on, uh, you know, men and boys with issues. But it's, you know, if that's something, surely that's better that he's doing something which he yeah. knows about instead of trying to trying write to do something else, from yeah. a female perspective. At the end of the day, like, it sucks but most of hollywood directors and writers a lot of them are men so they are going to write stories about men because that's what they know yeah and it is changing now yeah it's changing um, we're, we're starting to get some you know female writers and stuff like yeah, that which is great this is this is 2016 this mm-hmm. yeah think, this film five so, years ago so. so now it's starting to change yeah quite a lot so and it, it's, it's great to see that but yeah like you can't blame someone for writing something for, for writing about something they know and then go oh you didn't write a good female character and it's like well he doesn't really know that much about being a woman i'd imagine so and is you know her character <clears throat> similar to um oh what's her name um the the wife in take shelter because the main focus is on michael shannon's character um but again the wife is is she when she is on screen she is well developed, but she's just not the central focus. Mm. It's focused on Michael Shannon's character, but whenever she's there, she, you know, she is fleshed out enough and interesting. Yeah. So exactly. 
Uh, well, I suppose next we can go on to... The, the driver. Kid. Adam Driver. I was going to say the kid, but the Adam, we can go on to Adam Driver instead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's not actually in it a huge amount, to be no. fair. Um, but I really like Adam Driver. I think he's a really good actor. Mm. He's not actually been in that much, but... No, but everything he's been in has been quite impactful sort of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, if it... I mean... The new Star Wars films weren't great, but he did a great performance in them. Oh yeah, that. Like, well he's very he he's very method, quite <clears> intense. <throat> like the bit where he's like slamming uh, up the elevator in Oh yeah, Last Jedi was awesome. So you know, yeah. um, this is a much more quirky role. I yeah. guess. he's a bit of an oddball character. Uh, he's working. I think he's working for the NSA. Mm. Uh, his character is called Sevier, um, and he's brought on by the FBI to kind of help them track down the uh, R- uh Roy and um Lucas and Alton um yeah. and he ends up becoming more interested in why they're chasing him he starts to question it mm. and then starts yeah his allegiance starts to kind of shift mm. um but he's a really interesting character. And he starts off as just kind of, oh, it's, you know, Adam Driver in a little role. His role starts to flash out. It becomes more interesting. Mm. And it kind of ends before the other characters. Like, it kind of comes to a conclusion. He is there later, but his story, story arc's kind of finished by that point. Yeah. But it's it's a nice little character development. Um, and he's just really solid in it. Um, yeah, like, I think the scene... I won't go into too many details, but the scene in the white room, mm-hmm. I thought was a particularly good one of his. Um, it's just very intense, but while you, whilst you can also see the fact that he's just getting excited about what's going to happen, yeah. So it's very well, it's very well done, and another another very good film with him in. Um, what is it called? Black Klansman. He was very yeah. good in that as well. So I, I still haven't seen a bad film with him in, no. apart from Rise of Skywalker. But he wasn't bad in it. No, he still gives yeah. a good performance, like you say, and. Uh, He's quite funny in it as well. He's almost the comic relief in a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he, he'll sort of say funny things, have funny interactions, uh, which kind of is a nice bit of light relief from the in- it, the bits with Roy and uh, Lucas are really intense. So mm. it's, it's kind of a nice breakaway for a little bit when it shifts to Sevier. Yeah. But let's talk about the main kid, <coughs> uh, Alton. Played Not by Jaden Martell. Jaden Martell, really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, he was um, like you often get child actors that are either annoying or just can't act, mm-hmm. and he was neither. He was uh, he he matched the tone of the film and the other actors he was working with, and he had a constant level of mystery about him that even at the end of the film doesn't really get revealed, um, and he plays quirky and weird without being stereotypical in that kind of thing um there's a clever thing that happens where it's partly the writing and partly his performance but he starts off being presented as a kind of nerdy kid Mm -hmm. kind of little reading a superman comic at one point exactly a little bit kooky and uh then as it goes on um it starts with the special powers he goes that it that is why he's like that Mm. but it's quite because of the way it is it's quite well masked um also fun fact the superman comic 
it will go into it in the spoilers, mm-hmm. but it links directly into his powers at one point. Oh, um, right. But we'll talk about the spoilers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, really good performance. He does this thing where basically he knows more than the other characters. Yeah. And there's this point where he starts to feel like the adult and everyone else feels like the kids. Yeah. And he acts older than the age he's playing. Mm. So he's wiser. And there's another film where this happens Mm. and I can't think what it is, but he's playing an older soul in the body. Mm. And he does a really good job of that. Like he feels like you look at him and he looks like quite skinny and vulnerable as a kid. Mm. And he's reading the comics and wearing these like swimming goggles. But then his reactions to things and his calmness and his intelligence and his assurance Mm. feel like an adult. Mm. And that is really unique. And Jane Martell does a really good job of doing that. Yeah. And and it also explains when they do reveal, you know, what his powers mean and what he is. Mm that that makes more sense by that point yeah exactly and like i think the sort of level of so kind of like the level of mystery about him again he never really drops it at any point in the film which was i imagine kind of gets hard to maintain after a while like never being able to reveal anything about your character but he does a good job of it i think Mm mm-hmm visually <clears throat> yes very nicely shot cinematography mm. i don't think it's a bad shot in the <clears throat> film no it's all very there's a lot of careful attention to detail every shot seems to either reinforce the tension because a lot of it's at night or it's just creating some sort of atmosphere it 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 feels like there's a purpose to every shot mm. uh, you know if there's a close-up it's the intensity of the situation you know if there's like a long wide shot it's you know the fact that they're kind of isolated there's just it's just really nicely shot yeah really nicely shot and uh it's most of the film is at night i'd probably say about two-thirds of it's at night yeah and it's the lighting is very well done like there's always a good amount of light sort of on them at all times so that you get like a really good tone to the shot mm. and yeah, I know that's harder to do, getting good night shots. So. Yeah, there's a lot of films where, because a lot of it's shot in the day as well, when it switches to night, mm. you really lose. So I had that issue with Black Panther at the cinema, but I didn't have it when it got to um, like Blu-ray and digital copies. Yeah. So I don't know it's what it was. It's the darkness of the room yeah. in itself. But, but... I, I just couldn't make <clears throat> anything out, really. Mm. But with this, it's like you say, it's it's clear um it's it's easy to see and that's you know that is hard that that's a level of good lighting yeah there's also a great contrast when they do introduce lighter scenes there's a great kind of uh, juxtaposition juxtaposition between the light and dark mm. and there's there's the white room for example is really bright yeah. and uh quite overwhelming Definitely. um which is also reinforcing the intensity of the situation mm. and the weirdness of it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I suppose the next bit is music. Yes. The music was very nice. I noticed that like pretty much in the first scene, the music was quite unique. Mm. Um, it's quite quiet throughout the film, not due to poor mixing or anything. It's just, that's the tone it's setting, but it's almost like, I know it's hard to describe what kind of genre it is. I guess slightly techno-y. It's but... got synths, isn't it? Yeah. It's got um, kind of, yeah, synthy drums, 
building up. Mm. So, like you say, it's quiet, and then when things start to happen, so like if there's a car chase and you know it's just about to kick off when it kicks off, it's like this unrelenting beat and the kind of synth waves kicking in. And mm. yeah, it's kind of like Drive. Drive's yeah. the same because there's a lot of quietness in Drive. And then, but as soon as he gets in that car and then things start to escalate, it is driving on the run film. Not really, it's, it's more revenge. Yeah, um, there are elements, there are bits where he's on the run, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's not quintessential, mm, not quintessential. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the music, music builds like you said, this film is lots of quiet moments that make the intense moments more intense, and the music plays along to that as well. Does a yeah. good job of it. it. It also does something that, um, I mean, it's more drawn out than Nolan does, but it's this idea of a gradual build up and then uh, explosive climax. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight special porno. <laughs> and then it will reset and do the Blink same thing again. Blink has been following your hand. A reset and do the same thing again. And it goes up and down and up and down. Um, and evidence of that is because i knew what was going to happen but it's it still surprised me a bit but there were quite a few moments where you were like whoa didn't see that coming. yeah the bit where a character goes out of a doorway I won't say what happens mm. but nothing has happened for ages like and then suddenly everything happens and that i really <clears throat> like about the film mm. um there's it's kind of slow tension punctuated by hard-hitting bits and like there's a bit earlier on where they there's like a crash and it's the same thing. Mm. There's been kind of that gradual build up, and it's it's he's done it in a really masterful way. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Vince Gilligan's style, but without the humor. Because yes. Vince Gilligan's got a little bit of humor in his style. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but without the humor. Yeah, and, and uh, the perfect example would be in Better Call Saul with Kim in the car. But I won't say yes. why. But they they edit it in a way that it goes from very. You Calm. think you think, oh, this shot's going on for a long time. Mm. So then you start to kind of go with it, and then it suddenly jerks you out of it mm. into another thing, and it's like, whoa! It does kind of jolt you awake. It's very good. It's almost an old school way of doing things. Mm. And if anything, this is what I like about Midnight Special. It feels like an older film with yeah. the production values of a new film. So it's <laughs> it's got a kind of close encounters of the kind. Close Very Encounters fun. of the Fur kind feel to it. Mm. Like an old school on the run film. Um, they're driving an old car. It's it's never quite clear what decade it is. Yeah. Uh, if It doesn't feel like it's 2016. It feels like maybe it's older. Yeah. But yeah, there is there is a retro quality to it and with the music as well. I suppose it's meant to be like quite rural America, isn't it? So yes. Yeah. Quite older. Yeah. Hillbilly land. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's Texas, isn't it? It is Texas. <laughs> it's Arkansas where he sets lots of his films because mm. he's from there. Well, that's music, that's cinematography, that's acting. Anything else to cover? I don't think so. Well then, should we spoil? Should we? Well, oh no! You know what time it is, Dan? I do know what time it is. Uh, it's been a while. Just a little. But uh, he's here. He's now. Oh wait, no, he's not. Where is he? Where did he go? Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. He ran off after he last off. time, didn't he? We should probably explain to the viewers. Yeah. Viewers. viewers they can see listen. sound. They can, see. <laughs> can you not? Uh, that's not all. He can hear pudding. Um, Jeff. Jeff is on the run. Yeah. 
he's, he's been missing since back since we did Back to the Future. Yeah, we don't know why. Maybe he stole a DeLorean and went through time. Could have really done. Know. Could have done. You don't know. But yeah, we haven't heard from him. He hasn't messaged us. He hasn't responded for us for this season. So we were, we were starting to panic. Really, we yeah. were thinking, well, what are we going to do? Well, we just had to get random people off the street. Like I said. Yes. I mean, they're still celebrities and famous people, but random people off the street. Yeah, and this is going to fe- be a new feature. Mm. We're going to have a mystery guest each episode. And uh, if you like... You can have a cheeky old guess. Cheeky old guess. And we'll tell you if you're right. Exactly. So uh, we should probably kick it off with our first uh, kidnappee. Because, you know, like the film. He's under duress. <laughs> we should probably untie his hands at least. Yeah, yeah. Or her hands. Who knows? <laughs> Take it away, mystery guest. Number one. I like it a lot. Wow, that was a fresh new take. Mm, definitely. Take giving Jeff a, a run for his money. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was in poor taste. He's literally on the run. <laughs> we hope you're safe, Jeff, and uh, yeah. please get in touch. Well, that was in a part one. It was We've indeed. revealed that Jeff is on the run. And we've revealed that. That should have been in the spoiler guest. zone, really. I suppose so. But it's, it's a Jeff spoiler. Yeah. Should have its own section. I mean, notice how Jeff has revealed, uh, released or announced no films in the past three weeks. Mm-hmm. Bit suspicious, isn't it? It is indeed. I hope what really did it... he do on Jurassic Park they, three? They better not announce Jurassic Park three tomorrow because that ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they would have already shot it. That's true. That, that is true. Yeah. So yeah, he must have done something exactly. heinous on set, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Anyway, well, that was part one. Thank you for listening to. Uh, our special on the midnight special yeah thank you for coming back if you if you're a new listener thank you for showing up being new you're probably confused <laughs> what the hell we're on about with jeff but go back and listen to the other 21 22 episodes and you'll find yeah, out yeah don't skip to the end don't yeah. be that person who who reads the end of a book yeah. or wikipedia is it <laughs> unless you do want to do that and you can stay around for the spoilers yeah you can which is right Day now night. should we start with superman yes we should probably explain actually a bit more about what's going on. Yeah. To then explain. Let's start from the beginning. So the kid has some kind of power, which you don't really fully see what it is. Um, but the first way this is revealed is they think some kind of earthquake is happening uh, while he's asleep. And then Michael Shannon's character runs in to find out what's going on to find out the guy who gave him shelter in that house is like stealing power from him or like something i couldn't figure it out yeah so alton has this this power where this blinding light comes out of his eyes yeah and if people look into it it's it kind of it's kind of like paul where it show i i assume it shows you like the future yeah or something it's something not of this world yeah essentially um and the idea because we're in spoiler zone doesn't matter alton is not from this place yeah originally right he's you know he from has like a, another world built on top of our world that yes. you can't see it's yeah. like almost like fifth dimension i guess it's like mm. interstellar it's there but, no but one can see it. it only reveals itself when you're at certain points or when it wants to reveal itself yeah um so this human form alton has it isn't really his natural form mm. Uh, so that is the first instance. And then other stuff happens that is unexplainable. Mm. Um, but 
linking into the Superman bit of trivia, which is interesting, is that he has to. He, it's too dangerous for him to do stuff in the light mm. because presumably his eyes are sensitive. That's why he wears the goggles. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, Cyclops. But you notice that he becomes weaker and weaker as it goes on. And uh, what actually happens is that he draw. He actually ends up drawing his power from the sun. Mm. So oh, like been Superman. Get, yeah, they've mm. been getting it wrong all the time. They've been keeping him in the dark when actually he's to see the that's sun. That's why he was up. getting worse. So uh, yeah, um, but obviously when he does, the problem is when he gets his power from the sun, it kind of has an effect on the world because mm. obviously the instances. Remember when it happens, it kind of causes. Like little pockets D- of pockets energy, of damage. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a bit where like the grass is dying underneath him. Yeah. So it's like a kind of, you know, he's getting better, but the surrounding the space is gets worse. So yeah. Maybe that's why they're keeping him at night. Mm. Yeah. Um. But then there's not really much else spoiler-wise to talk about until, uh, I suppose, really the end because like the other stuff you could talk about, but it's not really, uh got enough context to it yeah i mean roy is his dad yeah essentially um so and kirsten dunce is his mother right yes so they're his parents um which obviously it doesn't say at first it says they're just the the kidnappers Mm. um but it does turn out and um we haven't mentioned him but sam shepherd is uh calvin mayor who is the leader of the religion oh yeah yeah um and he's almost like a mobster. So mm. the people are like his flock. Mm. And he was raising Alton as his own kid. So he kind of, he almost just like took him from Roy. Yeah. Um, found out that he has powers and then was like using it as like, they, they, they were treating him like the Messiah. Mm. And, uh, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so the, there's that. And it's, it's throughout the whole thing, Orton's kind of giving them breadcrumb trails to this place mm. where it reveals at the end. Reveals at the end, will it? Because that's when the like fifth dimension opens up, planet on top of planet thing opens up, and you can yeah. see it. It's almost like an alignment where it reveals itself, and then they can see. And it's not just Orton; like everyone else sees it. Yeah, um, everyone can see it for that split moment. Yeah, that, they do a similar seconds, sort think. of thing in Tomorrowland. Yeah, so yeah. and. It, I need to see tomorrow, and you said it's pretty good. It's really good, yeah. yeah. Um, but that is pretty much all you need to know, spoilers wise. There is not really much to talk about in terms of spoilers because it's more of the the journey and the ride itself. Like, yeah. once you know about him being some kind of alien or something from another dimension, um, everything else is more just. There's no point in saying what it is without context, really. Yeah, and. Mm. Uh... Adam Driver's character Sevier ends up yes. what I was talking about is allegiance. He ends up kind of working out that they're not kidnappers, they're not a threat, mm. um, and then he decides to help them. Yeah, um, because there's one point where they're getting pursued by the FBI. They're getting pursued by two goons are sent from the ranch to basically kill them and get Alton back. So everything's stacked up against them. Yeah. Um, and they capture Orton at one point, And then obviously that's where Sevier comes in and helps them out. So, mm. but yeah, I mean, it, it is like you say, it, it's, it's an interesting one because 
although it's sci-fi the main focus is the on the run elements yeah um so yeah if you took out those sci-fi elements it would still be a really strong on the run film to Definitely. be honest it just gives it that edge having a bit something having a else bit of, like surprise in it like i would say well it's kind of what i saying it in the spoiler section but like it's a film i'm glad i don't remember seeing i remember seeing trailers but i couldn't tell you a single thing about them other than michael shannon was in it um so i'm glad that i didn't remember anything about it because that made it more surprising and the ending is wicked so yeah. basically uh alton manages to go back to the fifth dimension um but in order to do that they like fucking drive through like an army barricade yeah they break the law basically numerous times people end up getting hurt then they alton gets away and gets back to his own uh dimension but roy ends up in prison ends up in prison um and it looks almost like a psychiatric war because he's got these diodes on his head yeah so they're doing tests but then at the very end his eyes flash yeah like alton's do which basically is kind of saying although um i guess it's ambiguous but it is pretty much saying that he is also that got that power yeah um which makes sense because he's the biological father mm. so, uh, so and that was a really nice addition i thought nice yeah. way to wrap up the film it's fair to question why he's okay to live there yeah but i suppose maybe because it's, he's, an, he's an adult he grew up in the original dimension or something yeah but that's the point is you can kind of make up all your own stories for it exactly and that's that is where <clears throat> the ambiguousness is nice yeah ambiguousnessness <laughs> well i think that's the end of uh episode 23 slash episode one of season three yeah new theme new guests but same old dan and phil exactly they'll replace us one day dan when we go on the run <laughs> does jeff come back and then we go on the run in his place so yeah jeff will be you blink will be me so it'd just be jeff loaf goblin and going around <laughs> and then blink going <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i don't think we i think our ratings will shoot up shoot, as soon as that happens <laughs> everyone's watching biggest podcast on the planet <laughs> i mean you were sitting in the slums eating from cans of beans and well they could do like out. a jazz themed one because aristocat and you know jeff goblin jazzy jeff so <laughs> i mean i'd listen oh yeah definitely <laughs> even if they stole our money and our property and our fame yeah and none of that which we yeah. have <laughs> i mean he's already famous yep and I'm sure Blink will Blink, be one Blink day. will probably be fine, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think it's uh, goodbye from me. And I uh, think it's farewell from me. Oh. Really? Yeah. Farewell? Yeah. You sure? Oh, get out! <laughs>